Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Barak of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The turn of events that we're seeing in the Middle East is unbelievable. How can God's chosen people Israel say that they have allies in the Middle East, specifically with Saudi Arabia? Is the destabilization of Syria already taking place? Friends, so much is shaping up for the great peace treaty that the scriptures speak of that will happen in the very last days. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor JD with today's prophecy update as shared on December 16th. 2018. So, I want to talk about some significant developments and how that they seem to be an indicator of where everything seems to be headed, specifically as it relates to Israel. Israel is God's prophetic clock. I mean, I I know you hear me say that time and time again, but there's a reason for that. You want to know what time it is on God's prophetic clock, you need look no further than to the nation of Israel, the epicenter, as one refers to it, where everything will take place at the time of the end. It's the clock that tells us what time it is. But we have a problem because... In order to do that, we need to first peel back all the geopolitical layers, and there are many, in order to get to what I would suggest is the core issue. I think you would agree with me that, especially as of late, and especially here in the U.S., the political noise, so to speak, makes it really difficult to discern what really matters, what's really going on. I am personally of the belief that, and it's getting increasingly worse, that much of what we see taking place today is actually a, and I'll just say a demonic distraction from what really matters. Everything that's happening, I don't mean to be dismissive of the importance of what's going on here in America, but when that basically eclipses everything, then that's a problem. What really matters is what's taking place today with Israel, to Israel, and even against Israel. I realize that 
for the most part, most are keenly aware of the two prophecies that are on the screen, Isaiah 17 and Ezekiel 38. But if you'll just allow me to, I just think it would be good to mention them briefly because of the specificity of the details woven into the fabric of these two prophecies, especially Ezekiel 38, verse 13, which I want to come back to. So in Isaiah 17, 1, we have a very uh, detailed prophecy. It's very straightforward that Damascus, Syria, will become a ruinous heap. It'll be completely and utterly destroyed, so much so that it will become uninhabitable. Now today in Damascus, you have one Bashar al-Assad, who is being propped up chiefly by one Vladimir Putin of Russia, and with him, Iran, and even Turkey, and all of these nations that are described by their ancient names and listed in Ezekiel 38, they're already today present at the ready in Syria. And here's again what is so interesting when it comes to the details of the prophecies, these two specific prophecies, is that in Ezekiel 38, we have the listed nations that are a part of this invasion into Israel, but you also have conspicuously absent nations like Syria, which leads some to believe, present company included, that the explanation for Syria's absence from the Ezekiel 38 prophecy is the fulfillment of Isaiah 17.1. In other words, Syria no longer exists. That's why they're not included in this alliance of nations. It's also notable that not included in Ezekiel 38 are nations like Jordan, Egypt, who today have a peace agreement with Israel, good, relatively speaking, foreign relationships with Israel. They're not included. Iraq is not included. But we have those contrasted with the nations that are included. And then it gets even more interesting with respect to the detail because you have this verse in 13 of Ezekiel 38, which describes Saudi Arabia by their ancient names Sheba and Dedan as only protesting this with Tarshish. There's some debate as to who that is and the young lions thereof. But apparently Saudi Arabia is at the helm of protesting, even questioning this invasion of Israel for the purpose of coming to take a spoil, which is really oil and natural gas, which Israel has lots of. (laughs) To me, the details provide an indication of just how close we are to the fulfillment of these specific prophecies. I'm going to say this, and please know that I don't want to come off as being sensational when I say it, but because of these details, it seems that it's just now a matter of time. Before all of this plays out, all of this goes down. Hear me out. I I want to present and propose a plausible scenario 
based on these aforementioned details as to how it could potentially play out. Please know this is only a scenario that seems to be very plausible. It's only that. So here it is. Subsequent to the destruction of Damascus, Syria, Isaiah 17.1, the Russia-Iran-led alliance of nations in Ezekiel 38 will invade Israel from the northern border, absent Syria, in order to take a spoil. They will not succeed. Again, details in Ezekiel 38, God, not the U.S., U.S. is not present. We'll talk about that some other time. (laughs) But God himself, in fact, the detail in Ezekiel 38 is this. I will do this. I will defeat these armies. I will defeat, I will deal a decisive and decimating defeat to them so that they, you, all will know that I am the Lord your God. Wow. Well, that's why. There is every indication that this decimating defeat is going to happen very suddenly. It does not seem to indicate in Ezekiel 38 that this invasion lasts for any, you know, elongated period of time. It's going to be very sudden, and God is going to decimate them. Now, on the heels of this decimating defeat, the Antichrist comes on the scene and is revealed. And This is where it gets really interesting. And this is where Daniel 9.27 comes in. The Antichrist at this point will, and I'm going to say it this way, and I'll explain why, he will make greater this seven-year peace covenant, which is the commencing of the seven-year tribulation. Now, why do I say make greater this seven-year covenant. When I was in Israel, uh, Amir and I were having a conversation over dinner, and I was talking to him about Daniel 9.27, and it's very interesting because it's the same word in Hebrew as it is in my native tongue of Arabic. It's the word chibir. Chibir, you know, one of those words where you spit on the person in front of you when you say it, because <laughs> you get that ch sound, you know. Chibir, chibir. What does chibir mean? It means to make greater, stronger, bigger, if you will. You know, akbar in Arabic is greater. Whenever you hear a Muslim chant or pray, or sing Allah Akbar, it's hard to even let those words come out of my mouth. What they're saying is, is that their God, a false God, not the same God as Jehovah God, 
Their God, Allah, is greater. Not Allah is great. Notice how it changes the whole complexion when you say, Allah u Akbar, Allah is greater. Oh, really greater than who? When I was a young boy, I used to play a Jordanian card game with my grandfather, and uh, he would always beat me. <laughs> and whenever he would, he would say in Arabic, Ana Akbar, I am greater, higher. Like we were just talking about in Philippians with Lucifer who said, I will ascend my throne higher, greater, akbar. So this word kabir comes from akbar, meaning to make greater, bigger, stronger this seven year covenant of peace. Now here's the question. Is this the direction that everything is heading in this plausible scenario? Maybe better asked, is Saudi Arabia today chummy with Israel? Are Iran and Russia and Turkey and other nations even now in Syria? Is Syria about, Damascus in particular, about to become a ruinous heap? If you'll indulge me, I want to try and answer that by beginning with this Times of Israel report about U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo urging the UN Security Council to ban any Iranian activity related to ballistic missiles capable of delivering nuclear weapons. He went on to say that Iran has hundreds of missiles which pose a threat to our partners in the region, likely referring, listen, to Israel and Arab allies such as Saudi Arabia. Well, it should come as no surprise that Russia would quickly come to Iran's defense, as they always do, and knock this UN policy on Iran. According to Ynet News, this is interesting. I had to read over this several times to make sure I was reading it right and understanding it correctly, Russia's UN ambassador said that, quote, Iran is ready for a dialogue. They're ready for a dialogue? It's more like a monologue. Death to America and death to Israel is the monologue, not a dialogue. They don't want a dialogue with America. They want the destruction of America. Why do they want the destruction of America? Because America has to be out of the way. Because if America is not destroyed, then America can still come to the defense of Israel. So notice it's always, it's never death to Israel, then death to America. No, it's first death to America. Then, once there's death to America, then there's death to Israel. And they want a dialogue. Oh, isn't that sweet? But, still quoting, 
The United States and other Security Council members appear to be more interested in further escalating what he calls anti-Iran hysteria and to demonize Iran. This is what I mean by I had to read it over a few times. Because Wait, 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 wait. They want to talk, but they're accusing the U.S. and Security Council members of not wanting to talk because they're more interested in anti-Iran rhetoric and hysteria, and they're more interested in demonizing Iran. Okay. I think it's backwards. I think it's the other way around. He also lashed out at the Trump administration, go figure, with U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo listening for abandoning the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran and for, quote, trying to punish all other member states for implementing the agreement and the Security Council resolution endorsing it. Wow, they're still really upset about this whole nuclear deal thing, aren't they? You think? As you might imagine, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is not going to sit idly by in the face of this back and forth between Russia and the U.S. over Iran, according to the Jerusalem Post, Netanyahu said that Israel does not rule out acting militarily inside Iran's border, and they can, if it feels that it is necessary for its security. I think it's necessary for their security. They're a stone's throw away, so to speak, from the border of Israel in Syria at the ready, seeking the death and the destruction of Israel. Now, what I find to be really interesting about this report, it's very interesting because Netanyahu was asked about whether the role of Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salman has been tarnished in the Mideast as a result of the killing of this Jamal Khashoggi in Turkey and what that means for Israel. Netanyahu said what happened in Istanbul was, quote, horrific, and that each country with ties with Saudi Arabia will deal with it in its own way. But, he said, This needs to be balanced by a realization of the importance of the role Saudi Arabia, Ezekiel 38, verse 13, plays in the Middle East. Quoting, Because if Saudi Arabia is destabilized, the world will be destabilized. Not the Middle East. The world would be destabilized. And I think that has to be taken into account. Call me silly, but sounds to me like the role of Saudi Arabia eschatologically fits precisely with what we're told in Ezekiel 38, verse 13. Perhaps this explains why, according to the Times of Israel, Netanyahu is 
seeking to formalize relations with Saudi Arabia and is hoping to make ties official, and this is interesting, public. The reason I underscore and highlight this is because when we were in Israel, we had the former Israeli ambassador to the United Nations, Ron Prasor, speak to our group and take questions after. And one of the takeaways from that was how that no longer will Israel keep secret this mistress-type relationship with the Arab world that it has heretofore. In other words, the Arab countries, these Arab countries like Saudi Arabia, have a very good relationship with Israel, but it's been kind of kept under the radar, not out in the open, like this best-kept secret. And the ambassador shared how that no longer, they're coming out publicly, unashamedly, saying that we have a very good relationship with these Arab countries like Saudi Arabia. You know what? Even two years ago, I could not stand up here and talk about what is happening today. This is stunning. This is stunning. And not only are they going public, this is the prime minister we're talking about, Netanyahu, that wants to go public with this, making the ties official and public, and he wants to do, for, do so before the next Israeli general election. You know when the next general election is? November of next year. But many in the political establishment believe they will be moved to earlier in the year. We're talking a few months away. The Times went on to say, and I wanted to just include this before we move on, (laughs) might in some way explain what's happening here in America, but they went on to report that Democrats in Washington were said to have been furious at Netanyahu's defense of the Saudis. I'm just going to leave that one there. (laughs) Again, we'll maybe address this another time. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of Saudi Arabia's warming relationship with Israel and how it is that it really ties into the bigger prophetic picture. The Times of Israel published another interesting article about how some are suggesting that Saudi Prince bin Salman is actually using the Israeli-Palestinian conflict to get Jared Kushner's support in order to receive crucial White House backing after the Khashoggi murder. Now why do I mention this? Because it seems that it's going to have a significant impact on the much-anticipated Trump peace plan that's expected to finally, we've been hearing about this for how long? It's expected to be rolled out in the coming months. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.